health is about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more. And we're not listening to it. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers just like you having the same struggles that you are because together we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy. I had high fevers as a child and was given medicine that stayed my teeth. Kids bullied me, made fun of me, asked me if I knew how to brush my teeth. It not only affected my self-esteem, it made me self-conscious about my smile. I did not want to smile as a kid. People were always asking me what was wrong with me. I just didn't want to open my mouth because I didn't want to be made fun of. And I don't want another kid to feel the same way I did growing up. This is the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. My name is Sherry Wirtz. I'm a dental hygienist and I've been in the dental field for over 30 years. Welcome back to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Today we're going to talk about self-care. Self-care is for everyone, and it's really important, especially these days with COVID and everything going on. There are four key elements to self-care, emotional, physical, psychological, and spiritual health. So what does self-care mean? Self-care, in essence, means taking care of ourselves. Really, anything that we do deliberately for our own well being and our own well being of our minds. And it's just really important that we take care of ourselves mentally, physically, and especially as a mom. It's been my experience, and a lot of other women that I've talked to lately, especially with being diagnosed with breast cancer in September. These last six months have been a journey, not one that I anticipated going on, but it is one that has happened anyway. And it has brought me to talk about self-care more than ever. Taking care of yourself is so important because if you're not healthy, you can't take care of anyone else, our body, our mind. It also shows our children that we are important, that we put ourselves first Because if we can't take care of ourselves, how can we expect to take care of anyone else? Self-care includes physical care, meaning taking care of our body, our health, our nutrition, sleep, rest, physical touch, psychological care, emotional care, professional care, environmental, spiritual, even financial. All of these things are important for us to grow and succeed. And there are so many things that you can do. And you can't say that it's not for me because if you don't take care of yourself, who is going to take care of yourself? And if you're not healthy, who's going to take care of your family? And so this is something that I have not been really good at. And as I talk to a lot of my friends and I talk to a lot of women that have breast cancer, we all seem to have a common thing that we put our families first and we don't really go see a doctor unless something is wrong. So prevention is key. And most people don't want to talk about prevention. Most people take care of a problem when they're faced with it. Here's the thing that I've learned in the past six months. If you wait till there's a problem like cancer, sometimes it's too big to then take care of, or it totally consumes your life. So for the last four months, I have pretty much dropped everything to research cancer 
the type of cancer that I have, the type of breast cancer it is, if it is susceptible to radiation or chemo, what treatments are there? What treatments do Western medicine tell us to do? What treatments do functional medicine tell us to do? And Eastern medicine. And I have always been a person where Western medicine hasn't necessarily worked for me. From the beginning of my life, I started out with being colicky and having an iron deficiency and having to take iron and it affected my teeth, which then affected my self-esteem as I grew up, which is probably why I ended up in the dental field as it was because I had problems with my eyesight and problems with my teeth. So I was gonna either end up as an eye doctor or someplace in the dental field. And I ended up becoming a dental hygienist because I felt like I could help more people with my story. And I have over the years, but especially over 2020 and COVID, I have been able to help more people. I have educated myself even more than I did with school, learning the new techniques and how all of this is connected and how our mouth is an early warning system. I mean, even with me, I've been preaching for two years about how our mouth affects the rest of our body. And I ignored a lot of the symptoms I had until I started getting bleeding gums because I knew bleeding gums with me meant that there was definitely something wrong because bleeding gums can be just that maybe you haven't been brushing very well. Maybe you've been breathing through your mouth more, or maybe there is something going on with your body. I was losing more hair. My nails were actually cracking. I was starting to be more tired than I ever have been before. And at first I just chalked it up to COVID and wearing a double mask. And after I helped with my control pause, meaning that I was breathing better and my CO2 levels, I was starting to balance out with that because at the beginning I was getting way too much CO2 and that's what was making me tired. But I realized that there was something more going on. And um, I noticed a pulling of my nipple and I saw the doctor and he's like, that's just not normal. You need to have a mammogram. When was the last time you had a mammogram? It had been six years. The last time I had a mammogram was right before I got divorced when I decided to take care of me. And I saw doctors, I had a, a mammogram done before I got divorced. I went and had a checkup. I had a colonoscopy and everything that I knew I might need and everything was fine. So since I thought everything was fine, I didn't get it looked at again because I didn't put myself first. I put my daughter first. Now I'm a single mom. I was working more and I felt fine. So as long as I felt good, there was nothing wrong with me, right? It's almost like when I talk to patients and they say, I tell them that they have a cavity and they're like, well, I didn't feel anything. Well, you don't feel cavities. Guess what? I didn't feel cancer either. And by the time they found the cancer, it was 3.5 centimeters and it was in my lymph nodes just one lip note out of the four, but even though my biopsy showed that I was at a grade one, the size of the tumor showed that I was a 2A. And so that has been quite a pill for me to swallow. And when you go to the doctor, they treat the cancer. They treat the cancer, they cut the cancer out, which I think is really barbaric now having gone through it. And then they give you chemo or radiation. The thing is, there are other things that can be done. And having been told when I was 19 that if I didn't have a baby by the time I was 21, I probably wouldn't have one. And seeing six specialists and being told I wouldn't have a baby. And then working with Western medicine doctors and a chiropractor and Dr. Farley, he actually gave me acupuncture and herbs. And three months into seeing him, I was able to become pregnant. 
And then six weeks after that, I started spotting and my gynecologist said that I probably would lose this baby as well after I had already lost eight. And um, he actually, I had taken a girlfriend with me and she said, we're not leaving here till we get an ultrasound. It was the first time that I actually saw a heartbeat and I knew that I was gonna carry this baby to term. And that's why her name is Faith because I had to have faith. I had to fight for healthcare. And even though I was told I would never have a baby, I didn't believe that. I believed that I would have a baby. And I found someone that helped me accomplish that goal. And there are so many opinions out there. And self-care and being your own healthcare advocate is important now more than ever because there are so many opinions out there and there are so many options available to us now. There is the standard way of treating it. And I chose to go both paths with my cancer because I realized that Western medicine never worked for me. It didn't work for me when I had a baby. It didn't work for me when I was having some stomach issues. And I was diagnosed and just told I had to um, watch what I ate. Again, I went back to Dr. Scott and he gave me some herbs and uh, I was able to make those pains go away. And then my daughter had something called cold uticaria. She's an ice skater and she started breaking out in hives when she got cold. And a lot of the doctors, we saw four doctors and no one knew what it was. And then I took her to see Dr. Scott and right away he looked at her knew what it was and knew how to treat it. And so then when I got cancer, my first thought was to go with Eastern medicine again and start getting blood works and a thermogram because we live and die by our numbers. And when I talked to the surgeon at Northwestern about doing a blood test and seeing what that's like, she said, we don't do that. So that's when I realized that not all doctors know the same thing. Even becoming a myofunctional therapist, there are some dentists that do sleep apnea medicine and myofunctional therapy and incorporate all that into their practice and treat the patient as a whole. And there are some dentists that still just do what we learned in dental school and just treat the symptoms that are going on in the mouth. And what I've learned is that standard healthcare treats the symptoms. They don't look for the cause. And that's when I started seeing Dr. Kelly Shackley because she calls herself a doctor of cause. And I felt like with this cancer, I needed to at least try to figure out what could have possibly caused this cancer. So I didn't just cut the cancer out and radiate and put drugs in my body that could possibly harm me and give me terrible side effects while it might heal the cancer, it could also kill me. What I wanted to do is find out what could possibly be the cause, what's going on in my bloodstream. And then through all of this, I found out that where I live has one of the highest rates of breast cancer in the country. And so there is an environmental thing that I needed to consider. So I had a reverse osmosis system in the house that um, we lived in when I was married, but when I got divorced, I moved and I didn't have that money to put in a whole house water filtration system. And so we were bathing in the water and you know, Dr. Kelly said, we need to not bathe in the water. And there are things that you can do that are not expensive to filter out stuff. You can do a shower head. You can put something on your sink, on your refrigerator. You can buy something where you put the water into and it gets all of the harsh things that are in our water out. And, you know, for me, there were all kinds of things. I tried 
for 10 years to have a baby with eight miscarriages. So I used progesterone and had two rounds of in vitro. I worked for a mobile dental where I took x-rays and I stood next to the x-ray machine for seven years. Um, I drank the water here and my mother-in-law died of lung cancer that had metastasized to her brain in 2001. And she swore it was the water to not drink the water. And I didn't listen to her. Now that I go back, I wish I would have. So there are things that you can do and you definitely need to be your own healthcare advocate. And what I've learned this year with being off for COVID and taking these classes and learning about myofunctional therapy and working with Dr. Boyd and listening to what he does is that our, we are changing our DNA with the agricultural revolution and changing how we eat and the foods that we eat and they're processed and there's more sugars and there's soy. And what I learned in this whole process is that soy um, creates estrogen and especially breast cancers are estrogen positive. So you have to make sure that you stay away from foods that have estrogen in them, soy lectin, soy, anything that's going to create more estrogen in your body. The water, you really want to filter out your water filtration system. You want to make sure you stay away from sugars and sugars and soy are in almost everything. So I have radically had to change my diet because I want to make sure that I'm going to not get cancer back and I'm going to live for a long time. Even though I'm 54 years old, I have lived a pretty good life. I still have a, a long life to live and people to help. And so self-care and being your own advocate is really important. And I have learned that this year more than ever. I think a lot of us have. Our total well-being is important and you need to value yourself as well as others. And I have been one, I will admit it, that has never put myself first. And that's why I'm preaching about it now, because I wished that I had um, listened and done the things that people had told me. So, I mean, you need to be kind. You need to take deep breaths. You need to cheer on yourself. You need to believe in yourself. Um, try to be positive. I when I got cancer, I went to a really dark place. I got a bit depressed. I didn't do anything for weeks because I didn't know how to get back into it. And I was just waiting to find out, did we get the cancer? Am I going to need radiation? Am I going to need chemo? Um, there's a test that they can do that's called an DX test. It's a score to let you know if your particular cancer is going to be susceptible to radiation or chemotherapy. And I waited four weeks for that test to find out what to do. But all along, I was working with Dr. Shockley and um, testing the numbers and putting supplements in and finding out what was in my bloodstream and my system. And I had a lot of heavy metals in my system, aluminum and um, silver and mercury. And I, I ate sushi at least once or twice a week. And I did have nonstick pans um, and Burst had sent me, I'm a Burst ambassador and they do a lot of fun things with their Burst ambassadors and I won a pot and pan set. So I changed all of those out when I got the pots and pans from them. So I'm not using Teflon. I switched all of my Tupperware. So if I wanted to microwave something, I did not do it in plastic. I have changed my water filtration system on my sink. I've changed products that I used, even the deodorant that I used, um, it is high in aluminum. So you need to kind of read those things. And if you're moving into a new town or you live in your town, you should probably research and find out what's going on. Are there cancers that are high in your town? 
what is a high rate in your town? You can just search that. You can Google it. You can Google almost anything on the internet. Um, so you just need to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. You're brushing your teeth twice a day. You're eating healthy. You're saying yes when you need to. You're not only being nice to others, but you're being nice to yourself. Pay attention to how you're talking to yourself. Make sure that you're breathing through your stomach. Make sure that you're getting enough sleep. You're drinking enough water. Um, you know, all of these things are important for your self-care emotionally, physically, spiritually. Um, you know, only you know what you need. So just take that in consideration going into 2021. After 2020, I have no idea what 2021 is going to bring, but I'm going to start talking more about self-care and awareness and what to do for yourself and what to do for your children to make sure that you can live a healthy life. And again, I don't know what caused the cancer. I never anticipated getting cancer. So we didn't really think about it. I was just working and trying to pay the bills and trying to live the life that I wanted. And I didn't really put health and self-care at the top of my list. And I can tell you now that they've been bumped to the top of my list with my daughter and my family and my friends and work is kind of down um, a little bit lower. And I used to just put work first because I thought that that was important and I thought that's what fulfilled me. But I realize now that it is my daughter. I mean, I tried really hard to have a child and I want to live to see her grow up. She is only 16 now and she has been wonderful for all of this, but I wanna make sure that I'm living a healthy lifestyle and teaching her to live a healthy lifestyle so she doesn't have to experience some of the things that I've experienced. And we've talked about diet and exercise and finding what you love to do in the world. So you're not just going to a job that you're actually fulfilled and helping people. And since I started doing this podcast and talking to people and doing myofunctional therapy, um, it is so rewarding and fulfilling to be able to help people and see the difference that you make in their lives and know that your work's life and the things that you've gone through can actually help someone else. And you can do that as well. Anybody can do that. And this has just been an, a wonderful experience, but it's also been a humbling, humiliating, degrading experience all at the same time. Um, you know, when you have cancer and you decide to cut it out, especially breast cancer, you lose a big part of who you are as a woman. And I didn't realize how much that was really going to affect me and my relationship. And I mean, it ended up being a really good thing in a positive way, but there was a lot of hard stuff altogether and the decisions and the waiting and feeling like I picked a place where um, everyone worked together. And because of COVID, it was all piecemeal and nothing worked like it was supposed to work. And even though I had an awesome, amazing support team with my friends and family, I felt very alone in this process because they give you the information but then you have to make the decision of which way you're going to go with treatment. Are you going to do nothing and just let it grow and say, well, I've lived a really good life. Are you going to cut it out? Are you going to cut it out and have chemo and radiation? Are you going to go the homeopathic method? I think if it had been smaller, I might've tried to cure it without cutting it out, but because it was so big and the possibility of it being in my lymph nodes, I felt that at the stage that I was in cutting it out was the fastest way to get rid of it and get it out of my body but there are so many routes you can go. There are so many doctors. I saw six different doctors when I was trying to get pregnant till I finally found one that could help 
with the outcome that I wanted. I probably saw four different doctors when I found out I had cancer, um, four regular doctors. And then I talked to a couple of different homeopathic doctors and functional medicine doctors. And so that's the way you can go too. And my route, I chose to go both Western medicine and Eastern medicine, because I felt like for me, that was the journey and path that I was on. But there's so much information that you need to collect in order to make an informed decision. And there's probably a lot of information that I still didn't know because it, while it took a long time between March and September when I was diagnosed, it went really fast between September and November when I got it cut out. So there's a lot of information to process and a lot of decisions to make in a short amount of time. And so I'm just urging you when it comes to self-care to maybe start doing the things that they recommend. Get a mammogram once a year, get a colonoscopy when you need to, see the doctor. Don't ignore those little symptoms that you're having. Like I was having breaking of my nails. I was losing more hair. Um, I did something as soon as I noticed the nipple retraction, but I didn't really get serious about it until all of a sudden I started having bleeding gums. And I use a burst toothbrush. I'm a burst ambassador and I love their products, but they had sent me a water pick and it wasn't until I started using the water pick and getting bleeding gums. I was like, hmm, why am I getting bleeding gums? And that's when I took it more seriously because of what I talk about. I didn't take it seriously a whole lot until I started getting bleeding gums because that I knew was an absolute warning sign that I shouldn't ignore. And, you know, I have talked to friends, I'm going to interview patients coming up that just kind of put it aside, single moms, not single moms, dads, that you just, you just don't think that it's going to happen to you. I mean, breast cancer didn't run in my family. So getting a mammogram really wasn't important to me because I never even considered I would have breast cancer. So I, I didn't put myself first. I got divorced and I put my daughter first. And what I found out is I can't help her and be there for her if I'm sick or if I'm not here because I didn't take good care of myself. So I urge you to put yourself first as a parent, no matter what age you are, even if you're not a parent, make sure that you get your yearly mammogram or at least every other year. Um, start getting them when you're at least age 45. If you, your parents have the BRCA gene, your mom has a BRCA gene, or someone in your family has ovarian cancer or um, breast cancer, make sure that you take that seriously and you do the prevention and the fact finding that you need so you can find it sooner rather than later. I talked to probably 20 different women that had breast cancer before I made my decision. I read Suzanne Summer's book. I read the breast cancer book. I probably read four different books. I searched online. I did all kinds of stuff to try to figure out um, what was going to be the best course of treatment for me. So I took what the doctor said, but at the same time, some things didn't make sense to me. So being a healthcare provider, I kind of knew that some of the things they were saying weren't necessarily true. And a lot of people want to be treated based on what their insurance company will pay for. I'm not one of those people. I want you to treat me based on what I've got going on in my body and what I need. Insurance company is a benefit. I don't want them dictating my treatment. And a lot of times people make those decisions based on what they think their patients want or something that you said to them about, well, will insurance cover it? I just am not one of those people 
that want you to treat me based on what my insurance says. And that ANC test, that was something that they held off on because it was an expensive test, but I wasn't going to have radiation and chemo until I knew what that ANC test said. And I knew if this cancer was susceptible because everything I read said that it wasn't. So I'm just grateful that I didn't have to make that decision on my own of whether or not I was going to do radiation and chemotherapy. It was made for me that I didn't need it. And I am so grateful for that. I am grateful for the prayers and the friends and the family and the circle that I have that was supportive there for me. I think prayers make a huge difference. And I was so grateful for that. And just grateful for the doctors and caregivers that I had that um, could help me through this process. And I have amazing friends who cooked meals for me who are still helping me now try to figure out a new way of cooking. And, you know, I wasn't buying grass-fed beef and cage-free animals and cage-free eggs. I was just going to the grocery store and buying what was there. And I'm not doing that anymore. So just because everyone does it is funny. My mom said, just because everyone does it doesn't mean you should. And I used to roll my eyes at her when she said that. If everyone jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? And I'd be like, oh, mom. But now I'm living it just because um, vaccines are what everyone does and what we recommend doesn't mean it's good for everyone. My sister's kids both had reactions to vaccines. And so my mom said, you need to split them up. The MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, we broke it up. So that way, if my daughter had a reaction to something, I knew what she had the reaction to. And I wasn't just saying, no, she can't have it all. So our family is very susceptible to foods, to drugs, to medications. I had a flu shot when I was 19 and I was sick for three months and I've never had a flu shot since then. There are preservatives and things they put in things that we're allergic to and it actually makes us sicker to have those things. So vaccines aren't right for everyone. And I remember going in with my daughter and the nurse being very upset with me because I also wanted her I wanted to see the vial and have her draw it up in front of me because my sister was doing that. And one day they brought the wrong vial in and they would have given my niece the wrong injection. And my mom said, see, this is why I have you do this. But she worked in healthcare. And so she knew what can happen and mistakes do happen. Nobody's perfect. And so you always have to be your own healthcare advocate. And when I was doing that with my daughter, the nurse was like, I don't understand why you would want to give this baby more shots. I said, well, if this baby is going to seize and have an allergic reaction and die from something because of our family being susceptible, then I wouldn't be able to live with myself because I just did it because that's what everybody else does. And although she hopped, she went back out and did what I asked. And so, you know, I mean, if your doctor is giving you that hard of a time because of what you believe, then probably you should find a new doctor. I didn't, I just kept my path. And that's kind of how I am. I liked the doctor. Sometimes you can like the doctor and not like the staff. Sometimes you can love the staff and not like the doctor. I know that with this breast cancer thing that I went through, I loved the plastic surgeon. I love his office. They have been great. Northwestern and their call center, and they'll get back to you in one to two business days. I don't particularly love that. And if it wasn't for the fact that I wanted this particular plastic surgeon, I probably would have gone with my second opinion doctor at Christ Hospital, Dr. Kruger. She was amazing. And everything that she sat down and told me was what happened. She was very thorough. I felt relaxed and at ease. And the funny thing is, even though I saw her for cancer, one of the worst things that you can hear, you have cancer. When I left there, I felt like I had had a spa treatment 
because of the way she talked to me, because of the way her staff talked to me, because she brought everyone in and you talk to everyone and this is what we're going to do. And if this happens, this is what we're going to do. And if this happens, this is how we do this. It was probably the best appointment I had had in my whole time of being in healthcare, just the way she runs her office and everything like that. I could not believe it. And I would recommend finding doctors like that. And sometimes you have to look around, ask around. If you're not feeling it with your doctor or you're not believing what is being told, listen to yourself. The only times that things have not gone well for me in life is when that little voice, you can call it whatever you want, is telling you one thing and you don't listen to it. So now whenever I have that feeling, I go with it. When they first told me that I had breast cancer and that um, I only needed a lumpectomy, I was skeptical because it was so big. And then they told me that I needed a mastectomy just on one side and everything in me just was like, no, I need to do both. And, you know, the doctor said it's not necessary. My gynecologist said it's not necessary. You know, it's harder to recover from both. But once I saw the second opinion doctor and she told me that there was a 20 to 30% chance of it coming back in that boob, and I also had nine cysts in the other one, I decided that I probably would never go through this again. So it would be better to just do both at once and move on, not have to have another mammogram, not worry every six months to a year what could happen. So that was the best option for me. That might not be the best choice for someone else. So you really have to do what's right for you, nutrition-wise, health-wise, um, financially, everything. It's all a balance, and only you know what is right for you. You can ask opinions. You can be informed. You can get as much knowledge as possible so you can make an informed decision. But what I've learned through this whole journey is ultimately, it's up to you, and only you can make the decision because only you know what's right for you. People can help you along the way but it comes down to you and what you believe personally, what's right for you. Um, we can talk you know, just even in dentistry, fluoride versus not fluoride. Some people feel fluoride has been really beneficial. I am one of those people, but you know, since going through this, fluoride at a high dose can also be poison, just like alcohol. People enjoy alcohol, but you can have too much alcohol and have alcohol poisoning and die. So there's good and bad in everything. You can find an opinion one way or another. So it just depends. And if you have to see more than one doctor, you can do that. You don't have to just see one doctor and go with them. And if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not what's right for you. Doesn't mean that that's not right for someone else. And talking to so many different women along this journey, I realized that we are all different. So treating everyone as a group and saying, this is how we do it. This is what works for everybody isn't necessarily right for everyone. It wasn't right for me. I broke out in hives from the tramadol and the pain medication. And I had ended up having to go a natural route for dealing with the pain after the mastectomy. So I know that those kind of type of medications are not good for me. And I know that's a combination. And I know that for me, things accumulate in my body. So yeah, I can have, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I can have a pop or I can have an alcoholic drink. But if I have an alcoholic beverage three days in a row, I'm going to pay for that. 
my body is going to rebel and I'm not going to feel good. And then anything I put in my system is probably going to give me diarrhea because I'm very susceptible. I can't drink red wine because I have a sensitivity to nitrates and nitrates they put in a lot of supplements and um, vaccines and things like that. I can't eat lunch meats and bacon unless all of that is nitrate free. So there's different things. You have to know your body and get in touch with your body. And a lot of these things that make us sick have to do with our mindset as well as our lifestyle choices. So being your own healthcare advocate and self-care, I can't stress enough, especially having gone through what I've gone through this past year. And that's why I want to start 2021 talking about self-care. And especially if you're a parent or you're thinking about starting a family, make sure that you are healthy first. Do everything that you need to, um, to make sure you're healthy, mind, body, soul, financially. So that way you're not completely stressed out and you can be there for your children and your family. Because if you don't have your health, you really don't have anything. It's it puts a strain on your whole family, your financial situation when you don't have your health. So what you eat, the foods that you take, whether or not you're breathing through your mouth or your nose, they're all important. And make sure you find someone that treats your whole body, not just your symptoms when you're looking into something. And we have stuff at our fingertips with Google and YouTube. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes it's not good. And don't believe everything you hear or don't believe one source. Make sure that you look at multiple sources so you can make an informed decision and find someone that you trust because trust is everything. And then find people that have gone through what you're going through. I found out that there was not one person that had the same situation that I did, but I found out things like, why did they make the choice that they made? What stage was their cancer in? What did they wish that they had done differently? Um, what do they wish they had known that they didn't? How did it make them feel? How long did it take for them to go through? And I found out most people, it took a whole year when they went through cancer or cancer treatment to get back to a, a normal life where you aren't constantly thinking about cancer. So for the past six months, I kind of stopped what I was doing and I started researching everything about cancer, your body treatments, Western medicine, Eastern medicine, holistic medicine, natural path the natural replacements for the things that they were having me take. So that way I had alternates. And what I found out with cancer is they don't know. Everybody is different. What works for one person might not work for another person. And you just have to figure out what is right for you. So starting out 2021, make sure that you put yourself first, that self-care is important and that you help your family along that journey as well. But especially self-care, being your own healthcare advocate and putting yourself first because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a healthy life. And a lot of what's going on in your body starts in your mouth with early warning signs. And as we go through 2021, I'm going to talk more about that and what you can do to find out what may be happening in your body, what to look for, what questions to ask, what questions to ask your doctor, how to find somebody that is right for you and helping you get through everything that you need to get through. If you have a crisis, if you are not sure what to look for, ask around, look up doctors that are doing what you're doing. They have 
places where you can go where they do studies if you want to be part of the study. Northwestern, every time I went there, they were telling me I was eligible for another study. And I had to choose which ones I did and did not want to be a part of. And so those were part of decision-making process as well. So cut yourself some slack, give yourself a break, and make sure that you put yourself first. If you have any questions or comments, you can go to www.dentalhygiene411.com. You can contact me. You can schedule a 15-minute consultation if you'd like to chat. If you're going through something and you'd just like to um, chat about it, I am here for you. The one thing I've learned is that being able to talk to somebody who's gone through it um, was very helpful. So I am here for anyone that needs to talk through something that they're having. And if I can help you in any way, I would be honored to be the one that you choose to have help you. So thanks for listening. Have a great day and make sure you are your own healthcare advocate for yourself and your family. Thanks so much for listening to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Do you have a question you'd like answered on the podcast? All I'm asking is for you to do three things. Head over to Apple Podcasts leave a review, tell me what it is you'd like me to answer on the podcast, anything about mouth health. And if you'd like for me to leave a shout out, make sure that you leave a name. That's all you need to do. Then just make sure you tune in and listen so you can hear your question answered on the next Q&A episode. And join us next time on the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. If you'd also like more information, you can head over to www.dentalhygiene411.com where I have more resources and information for all things mouth health.